Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing with me, uh, the somewhat incredible Christopher Glasson, and my more than average Stuart Roy Riffin with a wonderful, wonderful new hairdo. Mm, gone grey, ain't I? I love it, mate. I ain't going to lie. Thanks, mate. It's added a bit to your personality, I'll be honest with you. In what way? You just got a bit more about you now, mate. What, like a bit more jazzy? Yeah, that's it. Jazzy. Nice. Nice. How you going? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, don't sound surprised. We've already recorded two podcasts today. I'm sick of your fucking face already, you mate. Like, yeah, yeah. You uh, Have you had, are you hungry yet? Uh, have you had a little nibble in between? Yeah, I have had two digestive biscuits. I've dipped them, <laughs> oh. dipped them in my tea. And uh, traditional style with a digestive, I think in a rush, I could probably just dip the whole biscuit because it's a wide mug and I could probably yep. get, I'd say, 85% in my gob in one go, but I didn't. You're a busy man as well. I was polite. You haven't got time. Snapped it in two, sort of had like four small biscuits that way. This is the kind of exciting <laughs> chat our guest <laughs> has got to put up with for the next hour. Uh, which, let, let, let's, let's, let's get them straight on. Quan Wen Hang, Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello. Absolute oh, pleasure. Absolute pleasure. pleasure. This has been, uh, this is, this again is another one of our mini series um, put together with No Need to Shout, um, where we talk to some absolutely ace comedians uh, that are going to be performing at this year's Fringe. Well, we've got them on to, to do a top five. Um, Graham, what's your top five going to be today? Oh, so the top five is about what I've observed, the top five passive-aggressive behavior from, uh, I want to say from British people, but I think it's fair to say it's actually specifically English, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't Drew know whether you two were practicing to make it very, because it was one of the most uh, this genuine compliment, was it even a compliment in air quotes? That between... <laughs> a backhanded compliment. So it's not, like, yeah, as we it's say, not British, yeah. it's English. Are you preempting the audience at the fringe by saying that? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I leak ass in a bedroom, but I'm not in that way. And I say that because when I first came here and started working in, a, in an office, my team was quite English, even though the company was very international. 
And I felt there's a lot of hidden rules. And I actually uh, went to the bookshop to find a book, like the Anthropology Guide to Understanding English People. And I found <laughs> an absolutely wonderful book called Watching the English. I think there's an updated version. And it told me a little tip, like, um, in general, you have to queue, maybe not London, in general, English people queue. But one place you never feel, feel obliged to queue is at the pub. It's at the pub. <laughs> yeah. And it's a little things like that. You actually, I don't need to be told, but I got it from the book. So yeah. So it's on the basis of that book and my observation of the years. I haven't spent a lot of time in Scotland and I think Welsh people were absolutely friendly when I went there. Uh, the same thing cannot be said with uh, London and within zone two. So I'm going to talk <laughs> specifically my abandons towards English people, uh, mostly Londoners. Southern. <laughs> Thousanders, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I lived in London for quite a few years. So me and Stuart, Essex boys, so we live just outside of that. But I'm not going to pretend to say that it's far different in Essex as it is in London. But I do also find, like, the busier the city, the more detached and rude people can sort of become because it's just so overwhelming the amount of people around. But um, the English, there's there's quite a lot of landmines, I guess, in terms yeah, of there's a difference between rudeness and passive aggressiveness. Yes, yes, there there really is. Uh, well, I'm interested to see what 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 um. So, what was it that sort of like like made you want to want to pick this as a top five? Is it just have you had a recent incident that just might thought that'd be a good top five, or is it just like you need to get off your chest? No, there's always recent incident. The incidents happens all the time. <laughs> it's just whether you're paying attention to them. I think I've lived. <laughs> Here so long, I've integrated. I think I've internalized some of these behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and I do it myself. <laughs> Absolutely do it myself. Recently, I did, um, I was involved in, 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 um, in a sort of not exactly a film, but it, it was it was a shoot. I was both the writer and I had a small part acting in it. Amazing. And they started to promote this. And I noticed my name was omitted from the writing credit. And this is the email I wrote to the production <laughs> team. I say that I, I just so happened to notice, which already sounds pretty um, <laughs> insincere, um, that my name was not included in the writer's credit and i do know that i wrote the least amount of episode but i do wish <laughs> i do wish to be acknowledged i think it's it's quite straightforward by the way i wrote it i think i was using a bit of passive aggressiveness as well and also recently comedy central released like a pride thing so i did a comedy central live recording late last year and they put all the 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 gay one nothing the queer one because they are lesbian and trans so they put a little uh compilation and i saw my name being tagged but i don't actually see any footage of mine in it so oh. then i i just wrote to them and say that um oh i noticed my name was tagged but i was not in it and i wrote a very passive aggressive sentence i still feel ashamed and say that as a queer act I quite like to be celebrated just like everybody else. <laughs> I could have just said, I think it's a little bit unprofessional. Yeah. Disrespectful. You didn't yeah, yeah. include me. But then I thought, well, it's like a big, I don't know. It could be just the one, one intern um, omission. It could be that my episode was not air, but it just could be that, you know, as a gay man, we don't think that exciting to celebrate. I don't know what's the reason, <laughs> but I thought if you didn't tag me, you probably wouldn't have found out. And then you tagged me and I watched the whole thing <laughs> to see my uh, footage and it didn't show up. I'm going to give you a very I think you. I think you do deserve an, to send an email on that. 
But like you say, it's like the it's the nature of how we write things and in, in English as well. We're always like, oh sorry. And I think you don't mean sorry. You just want just say what you need to say to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like an English do that I, a I lot. mentally block all the story I hear yeah. from English people in general. <laughs> I just I just treat it as I just um it doesn't mean yeah, yeah. it's a filler <laughs> word. It's a filler word. It's fucking come insincere. On, come straight to the point. Straight yeah. to the point. <laughs> I'd rather have a conversation about the weather than hearing this song. Like, yeah. <laughs> Having said that, though, I don't know. I guess, for example, maybe in that scenario, maybe a German would have written, why was I not in it? And mm. I think for a culture that is more direct, that's mm. absolutely fine because that is the question and that's factually correct. You yeah. didn't put me in it. Why am I not in it? Mm. Well, I think because <laughs> we are always trying to read between. Oh, I say we right now. I feel, I see myself as amongst you. You've been so, assimilated. Uh, English people are always trying to read between the lines and there's so much interpretation. And without the contact, you probably can't think of the worst. And that's why mm. you try to sugarcoat it. Mm. But the sugarcoating makes it even, sometimes make it even more vicious, I would argue. Oh, mm. completely. I think like, you know, in reading between the lines, you can be creative and make things funny. But I think there's also a time for directness and, and, <laughs> and, not, and, not, be, and not using emotive language, especially when it comes to professional things. And like, uh, I, I've done it, like you were saying in your email, I've done that so many times where I write something and I add load of extra bits to it that actually kind of and I, I and i'm doing it probably because i'm upset whereas I, if i just said it quite directly and professionally without emotive language it probably the message would get through and i'd probably get a a, a much more direct response but it's, it's tricky man it's tricky especially when yeah and also you never know what, what you wish for because hmm. you may say oh i wish people just deal with each other more directly but once you bump into someone that's so direct so blunt yeah. you wish they could just shut up and that i don't want to know everything all the opinions you have uh, yeah. on me and is it it's a tough choice and i guess i guess as a comedian knowing this specific english trait helps because you can um do derive comedy from that basically you can sometimes slide in a very uh blunt comment and so you shock the audience but you go back into the sort of mumbling mode and i think it's best illustrated by this um late victoria wood joke so <laughs> a couple was making out in a train and someone sitting in the in the, in the train said nothing and carrie said nothing and until they finish the sort of sexual um <laughs> fighting or i don't know how to do that the sexual intercourse one of them lit a cigarette and the third person turned around and say would you mind and i think that is just one of the <laughs> quintessential. oh i love her so much but this is a point it's a very english joke as well i i think some international audience don't get it right away but for people understanding the english culture and you can you can say maybe wider british culture it is so funny because it, it strikes to the the core of how people should behave in this culture yeah you've you've mentioned uh essentially this is this list that you about to, to start is based around essentially London. What, are you based in London? Yes, right. in South London. South London, I want Where to about? say South London. Uh, Bermondsey, but not the, the gentrified part, the still dodgy part. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, why don't we um, start your list? So uh, it, it, we'll start with five, go down to one, and he's one like the 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 best one or, or the worst one, I guess. 
Well, my ranking is based on how aggressive, like immediately aggressive, you can tell. <laughs> so the first one will be the most aggressive, okay. and to the least aggressive, where you start to wonder, have I just been insulted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's start with the least, then, and we'll get up to the big money shot uh, of the of the most aggressive. So what's uh, what's no, but most aggressive is actually not fun. I prefer yeah, because... the other. Oh, I, yeah, I, I get, I get it, Carmen, because like most aggressive is easier to read, isn't it? So yeah. like you know what's happened there, but the the one where it's like, I think they've just wiped their ass with silk with how they've just spoken to me because you're like, yeah. hold on, actually. Have they just have they, have they just been really nasty to me and I didn't realise? <laughs> and they so, have the yeah. time to flee the scene. Exactly. If you're wondering what you'll, happened. You'll be at home having your tea and then you'll be like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And this is what English people do to a lot of poor American <laughs> expats who are here. And they thought they were getting compliments from English people. And no. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number five, mate? Yes, let's do number five. Um, basically. Uh, all the Londoners, cyclists, pedestrians, and drivers like to lecture other people <laughs> about traffic rules, but no one is qualified because no one really is <laughs> a rule. I don't know why people are. So I would say particularly noticeable are the cyclists because they operate in a gray area of um, when it's convenient, I will treat myself as a pedestrian. When it's convenient, I will treat myself as a driver, right? So in this incident, I, I do a lot of cycling, but I only do Boris biking because there's just too much step. And once when I took the bike out of the docking station, my eyes were, um, how to say that, I was distracted by a new construction site around Coven Garden. So I said, like, oh no, not another luxury flat in this part of London. <laughs> I was looking at the sort of barriers around the section, but I was cycling quite slowly. And the one bike was coming down so fast on, um, I think it was uh, either Long Lane or Drooling Lane. It was so fast. She then shouted at me, watch your road. And then she cycled past the red line. <laughs> did you know? Did you know? Did you like on what planet do you think? I wasn't even like stone dashing out. I was like paddling. I, 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 I just I don't know. But I was then completely folders, but I was so angry at her passive aggressive. Yeah. It's not passive though. It's quite aggressive, right? And yeah. she but then she stuck up and you know because actually it's red the new sort of junction where you have the green light only for pedestrians yeah. so it's for pedestrian on all direction to cross and that's what when london cyclists typically like to go through because they think that the green yeah. is for them as well but she was riding so fast the pedestrian was sort of like moses opened the red sea they immediately <laughs> turned to both sides of the road even though they were fully entitled to walk past the road at that time across that bridge and i just thought i wish you'd get run over by a truck <laughs> i was i was this close to run after him and just to have a shout at him i like yeah. even if my shout but i need to let it out but I actually happen to think that a red light is a red light. Um, however, I'm, going to... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's so frustrating. That is so frustrating. I mean, like oh, the passive aggressiveness is: are they helping you out by letting you know? And it's like, not really. They're just being a piece of shit and literally doing it whilst actually... breaking the code as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, they actively they just want to show that someone maybe because in your in their job or in the in a part of the kind of work they do they don't they get shouted at or yeah, get a beat don't have like control the customers and there's no way they can channel this out so they're just looking for an outlet so they're using the frustration of traffic and just take it out on another stranger. So true. Oh, I mean, now, Chris, I, I, Chris, Chris, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't sit there fucking making out you're white and I'm white. Oh, no, I was Mate, literally just about to and say. and your relationship with road rage is fucking disgraceful. So, yeah, it's literally, <laughs> I was literally coming on to this, right? So I have been in a situation where, I, like, so I've, I've had really bad road rage. I, I'm, I'm not got, I'm not got it now, but it was actually during a point in my life where I was really out of control of a lot of things. And a lot of people used to say to me, oh, you're so calm. And it's like, you wait until I get in a car. Because then it would come out of me. It was insane. It was, dude, it was so insane. Uh, but what other times, even when I don't have road rage, I, I found myself like, say like, a, and this is kind of passive. The, the, my favorite passive aggressive is attached to this, but I'm not going to do that because I want to hear all yours first. But like, uh, like I'd, I'd tut because someone hasn't indicated or I've I've tutted because they're not paying attention to what they're doing in their car. They haven't thanked me because I've let them go. And as I pass them, and in my head I'm having a conversation about how rude that person is, I've then, someone's given way to me and I've not thanked them. And literally just as I pass them, I realise I've done the same thing. I've just, I've just been having a go at someone else about. And I think like that, I think motorways and cars and like any time you're in the public, Watch out because you're always wanting to blame other people for what they're the ignorant moment they're having. But we're all human beings, we're all in our own heads. You're gonna fuck up at some point. And so yeah, I've been caught out on that so many times. <laughs> That's so mine. The the, the the roundabout is the only time I I don't get road rage. Um but if I'm trying to pull out on a roundabout and somebody's going around it and they're not indicating to come off and they do come off. Yeah. A hundred percent will then once they've gone off as I'm I've tutted and I've generally probably saying normally words like nice one, dickhead, like <laughs> as I'm then taking the exit without indicating. Like I, yeah. I do it all the fucking time and I'm like, Oh, I am that prick. I am that prick. Yeah, you are, yeah. Like, but in my mind at that time they're the worst prick. Yeah. But then I just go right ahead and do it literally yeah. seconds after. But you see, I say my observation is London specific, and I don't know what is this with this city. Maybe it's just really busy. Maybe people have such a long commute. Um, I used to live in Berlin. I lived in Berlin for one year, and their cyclists can be very entitled, but it's a very clearly designated cyclist lane. So when you are sort of stepping on and blocking their road, you know that they 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 sort of shout at you for a reason. But in general, they don't cycle like it's like Tour de France. I, I, I don't know what the, what the London lycra wearing is it because they're semi-detached house is so far away from the banks that work. I don't know why there's such an aggression. And and the entitlement, for example, pedestrian jaywalking the row and told me I wasn't looking at them. I was like, did you not even know you're not even supposed to cross here technically? Or I get shouted at by another cyclist uh, for not watching the direction. And I say, you are on my side of the row. You're not even supposed to be <laughs> in the opposite direction. Where does your sense of entitlement come from? I honestly don't know. Um, and, and, and that's the weird bit, isn't it? It's like when when somebody leans out of their window and shouts something because that they think you've done something wrong. 
in fairness, the easiest solution to that is to just ignore it and go about your day and never think about it again. But sometimes the thing that you should do is go, excuse me, sir, I'd just actually like to point out that I was actually in the... That's the point when they then get out of their car and smash your face in. Because <laughs> the last thing you want when you're having a rage is someone to correct you and be correct. Like, that's the last well, thing you need. Well, I'm, I, don't, I don't say excuse me, sir. I just say, what, what's wrong with you? You got a problem? <laughs> I think I'm operating more on new old basis. Because if I'm generally wrong, I should stop and say sorry. And I also think, for example cyclist doesn't have all the priority if i'm riding in front of the bus and i think there are 40 people on the bus they must want to go somewhere quick yeah. as well so i'm on my own i could park on the side to let a couple of buses go through i don't mind that it, although technically i'm more fragile than a bus so people will argue that the bus should always make way for cy cycles right but i think i'm a long cyclist that there are like 20 30 40 people on a bus so I'm sort of slowing down 40 people. And I observe there are people actively filming uh, cars or buses. They may endanger or enrage cyclists. And I think like, why Why do you make yourself an angel? Because, you know, sometimes you can just make life for other people a bit easier. You don't always need to get it first or something. No, and don't you don't have to be just because it's like in the right for you to stay in front of that bus you can use your own discretion as a human being like you did to go oh you know what this doesn't make so much sense uh yeah and also you know like you think you're saying about when when people would have been in the right to have just kept on walking across the road when the, the bike was coming the thing is even if you're in the right you'll still get hit by that bike so you're just going to have to accept to get out of the way, right? And just no. I think the discretion is what you say. It's just a little bit being considerate for other yeah. people. See, if I'm in a supermarket, I got a whole trolley of stuff, and you see the poor guy behind you just got two items. And most people, kind people, would say, "Which one go first, yeah. right?" Yeah. Because you're going to wait a lot of time for that two stuff for me, whereas I have to spend a lot of time packing this anyway. Yeah. And it's similar. Uh, when you see someone walking a bit more slowly, you will let them get on the bus first. And I think the big city tend to make people forget about that. And the truth may be people just need to go to see a therapist, but they haven't. <laughs> and they need somewhere. Maybe they need to go through access, but they haven't tried that. So they're just finding somewhere. And we are passing this negative energy around and just make yeah. it grow bigger and bigger and bigger. I but that's my number five, because it's not technically passive. It's very aggressive. <laughs> but it is so annoyingly yeah, aggressive. I do think London's quite bad for that. I do think that... Um, like I, I live sort of 20 minutes outside of London and, and it's not particularly friendly where I live, but when you get into London, it's, it is, when you hear people that have said, oh, you know, I was, I was born to the sound of Bow Bells and, you know, I grew up in, in London and it was just one big community. I've never seen any of that. Uh, I have literally just seen a, a, a city full of very, very selfish people that, and it is that I'm all right, Jack culture of just like, like you say, if letting people in front of people and things like that, it doesn't seem to happen very often. And I think if you go more rural places, then that, that culture is just... But the, the, I think maybe it's time. I think like it feels in London that nobody's got time. Everybody's got to be somewhere. And in their world, that's the most important thing you know, in, yeah. on the planet. I need to be uh, at this yeah. thing at this time. I've not got time to do anything that involves kindness because it I've got to do this. It is better than Paris, for example, though. So I think yeah. we should oh. give London a bit of credit. Um, people at least try to queue. 
Um, not all the station, but I used to work in Canary Wharf, and there are so many people who try to leave the the peninsula. It makes more sense if everyone follows the queuing uh, sort of sign, and yeah. eventually we'll all get on. And I think <laughs> this is another example that have gone native. So uh, we were queuing, and I think they were either Italian tourists or visitors, and they just think, why are these people wasting their time? Clearly, yeah. they're this is so ripe for queue jumping. So they start to grow like a little tumor on top of the queue and trying to jump in. And I, but this is me not fully gone native because I didn't just try to make them feel my passive aggressiveness. I just say to them, sir, um, I'm an immigrant too. So if I can learn to queue, surely you can. So I don't know. <laughs> it was very English, but also not very <laughs> Because I know everyone was watching them, yeah. but none of the native, the Aborigines dared to beat that confrontation. Now, I still have enough of that. <laughs> to say something. Oh, Maybe I'm just overcompensating immigrant myself. I, don't. <laughs> I hate when people don't queue. Same. Okay, number four. Number four. Number four is anything disguised with that catchphrase, I'm just joking. And that <laughs> applies to a wider sense of irony. I think irony can be a very powerful tool. But for example, um, when Joe Lysett got on the Laura Kusenberg program, and he famously said, I'm the biggest supporter of right-wing politician, right? And I see this celebration of the comedy community say that that's brilliant. He nailed it. But I always have a problem with irony in that when people don't get it, then you blame them for not getting the irony. But in some cases, clarity of the communication is more important than the humor, the nature. Yeah. So by blaming people not getting the irony, it doesn't help in a very divided country after the referendum. It's really know. interesting. Yeah. You guys Never take too much pride in irony. For example, the pub landlord tried to come out as a candidate in an election, and some people support him like he's a UKIP candidate. Yeah. And then you start to call those supporters stupid. And I thought this is not really the best way. Why does it have to be so coded? Like, why can't you be a bit more straightforward? I yeah. once almost lash out when I see someone um, in a venue and they have a poster say that the straight comedian of the year and said, oh, do they actually need that? And I, it turns out it was a joke. It was a it was a competition for all gay people, which is funny if you get it. But if I don't and I tweet about it and I will be called an idiot, yeah. how do you know that you always get every single irony? And yeah. this specific one, I'm going to tell you a story. Once I was doing two gigs in Wales, and you know, um, because of English colonization, the intra-Wales um, traffic is not the easiest. It's easy to go from one Welsh city to an English city, then from one Welsh town to another Welsh town. And I agreed to do both gigs on the condition that the MC will drive me from A to B over overnight. And I said, yeah, let's do that. And the MC canceled. So I was left without uh, a traffic option. So I asked the promoter and they say that the replacement MC, even though she's not MCing the second gig. So the original MC was supposed to do both, but the replacement only does the first one. But they told me she will be happy to drive you either way. Just a bit detour and she will come back to South. Okay. Yeah. 
Then I found out there has may have been a problem with communication, which is not the passive-aggressive phrase um, in the English language. There have been problem miscommunication. So uh, she didn't know, but then she kind of felt like she doesn't want to ruin the uh, the rapport with the promoter. So she did drive me, but reluctantly. Yeah. Halfway through, it was already awkward because I didn't have any other option to get to the second venue. Yeah. So I was in the car trying to strike that sort of small talk conversation. And I don't drive myself. So I say, oh, what why is it like? Is it more difficult to drive in a small country lane compared to the long road? Because driving on this sort of highway, you have to stay focused, right? So I guess this must be very tiring, uh, so basically very long and tiring and tedious. And she's like, yeah, just like your comedy. And Fuck this is- off. Really? <laughs> yeah. And there was a third comedian, the original comedian, she was driving back to um, south of M25. Anyway, and I froze. I didn't I didn't try to banter back because I thought, yeah. I don't actually know you very well. Yeah. This is incredibly rude and horrible. Mm. If I were not in this car, I wish yeah. you died. No, I just, I didn't <laughs> I just froze. I gave her a face and she started laughing. I'm just joking. I'll be. Yeah. yeah. You can, I, a lot of the time with this, I I don't need like, like if you're telling me you're just joking, a, a lot of the time I sometimes am like, I don't, like they say never a truer word said in jest, right? And there's like a time like, but me and Stu are really bloody horrible to each other. Like, like day in, day out, me and Stu abuse each other left, right and centre. And we know each other very well and there's never a point where she says something life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It to me where I, I sort of go home and you know and have a cry about it. But they, they, I know there's people out there who, when they say things, I'm like, that's you're saying that and disguising it as a joke, but there's a truth in it because I don't know. There's something about the tone and how it comes out. And, and a lot of the time it's also body language and the face and the facial expressions. Humans aren't stupid and we can pick up on those little micro expressions. And it's a difference between like sometimes one of your friends saying it and you, you, 
you've taken it exactly how it's intended and it's meant to be a joke. And every now and then, like, as I say, you didn't know that, you didn't know this host or whatever that well. And it just, it just pangs. And is that like, oh, I'm joking. And I'm like, I'm not 100% sure it's But maybe it was intended to be perceived by me as such. And it would have been more helpful if she said, you know what? I don't actually want to do this, but it's sort of being pushed down on me. I don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah. I've obviously, because I also, it's one of the journey I did chip in, in, in petrol, right? Yeah. I'll obviously be grateful. And say, I'm so sorry to make, to cause such inconvenience, but it's because the promoter, like, I, I mean, I, I only agree to do both gigs because they promised me someone would take me to the second one. Yeah. It shouldn't be you, but now we are in this unfortunate scenario. We could have a more adult-like sort of rational discussion. She could have expressed how unhappy she was. And if she wants to complain to the promoter, I will be on her side and say that what you did wasn't okay. Yeah. It's really not fair to her. But just to throw shit. And actually, I hadn't met her much before. And I don't know. It's just, I think she deliberately wanted to. But why can't you just express your emotion in a more, why do you have to be that catty? And yeah, also, exactly. the tone I was using, I'm talking to a colleague in a sort of distance small talk. I just try to make the car journey not silent, not yeah. as awkward. There's no need for you to descend into that. Do you want me to reciprocate? Because I could I could rip you in pieces <laughs> if I wanted, but I yeah. didn't want yeah, yeah. yeah. I find it very difficult um, to take the piss out of people when I first meet them. Like, I, I like I, I don't know where that comes from, like in, in my upbringing, but... Uh, I, I I struggle, and then when when I'm good friends with someone, I'm really I'm just a piece of shit. Like I I can't help but be sarcastic and rude, and 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 I, and I just can't do it to strangers. Well, very rarely, but there are instances where I feel immediately relaxed with someone, and I'm comfortable with them being really rude to me, and I'm happy to be rude back. Like we had Helen Bauer on uh, the other day. And yeah, you know, within thirty minutes, uh, she's calling me a fucking moron, and it was, <laughs> and it was hysterical. It was great. It was brilliant. Um, but the her whole like persona and how warm she was, and she was self-deprecating, and and I was being a moron because I, I was intentionally trying to upset her because I'd already got that feeling that, um, she was kind of very much open to that. But when you meet someone and you you, you know, like you say, you you were trying to fill some space of an awkward silence and you didn't yeah, have that immediate connection. How do no. you rate the difference between driving on a highway and a country road? It's not exciting, <laughs> is it? Like, obviously, I was just trying to feel the vibe with something. And Grasping not not Brexit-related, not weather-related, you know, not, not comedy-related. I was just like, three comedians in the car, what else like comedy can you talk about? I was trying my absolute best. <laughs> I, I think by finishing sentences, there was a far show uh, uh, sketch uh, that, that they used to do uh, on every episode of the Far Show in the 90s where it was a, a woman working at a makeup counter in, um, in, in, <laughs> oh, in a yeah. high street where she would literally abuse anybody that come to that counter and her tagline was obviously at the end of every sentence, no offence and like, yeah, yeah. and it's like you can't and it's the same when you get people just go Right, look, listen, don't take this the wrong way, but, and you just think, well, that's going to be fucking offensive. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, strap in, because I know where this is going. This is going to be offensive. I'm going to take this the wrong way, because this is you just going, I'm going to be a massive wanker now, yeah, but I'm just going to yeah. preempt it by saying yeah. this little thing. 
So to the person, that person, I want you to know I'm not promoting and telling your story directly or sort of actively. But if anyone ever asks me of my opinion on you, this is my opening line. I want you to know the story will follow you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Crown uh, number four, please. Number three. Three, sorry. Oh, it's number three. Number three. Sorry, number sorry. Three, yeah. Number three is what I call a distraction tactic, but it's done so bad that <laughs> this happens on my way to Leicester. And I, call... <laughs> I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, it has nothing to do with Leicester. I'm just no, trying no. to keep the actual but maybe unnecessary detail in the story. <laughs> so on the tray, maybe I was angered by the poor quality of East Midland Railway carriages, <laughs> but I saw sort of middle of the train, um, you know, some of those seats that face each other with the table, right? There were three girlfriends, almost like sex in the city now. So just like that, minus the men's stuff. And one was speaking very loudly. She was basically talking about how the guy she is seeing earns less than her so whenever they go out he always insists on spitting the bill never treating her yeah she thinks that this guy got a reason so she's putting up with it but she just wants to see more from him and i just thought he's not that into you <laughs> that's what i <laughs> i clearly <laughs> but she talks so loud she talks so loud i thought are you from America or something. How could you be so loud? But her accent is quintessentially English. And halfway through, one of her friends just burst when she was about to go to in the very sort of vulnerable bit. So I just don't understand. Like, what I need to see we're going somewhere. And then her friend's like, oh my God, this muffin is so dry. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be pretend I wasn't listening, but I had to, I burst all out. Like, like, <laughs> was it intentional, gentlemen? What do you think? Oh, like, that's so woman. funny. That's so funny. Because it does she well one or two things. What I I and it this could be that that friend of hers just did not wasn't paying any attention to what she yes. was saying which can happen and uh you know we've all had that done to us <laughs> or it is the fact that it was so unbearable she so unbearably wanted to like you said you've got an opinion on it of, it's probably this it's probably he's not that into you she's like it's so unbearably can't face the truth she's got to misdirect the conversation and i like as soon as you said that like misdirection it took me a second and then i was like that's such a good passive-aggressive technique because it can be used. Like if someone's like, you know, what do you think of my hair? But I've just had their hair done and like just a quick subject change is all you need to know that you've just got slapped around the face. <laughs> like your hair is shit. I, I could not bring myself to criticize this um, muffin company. <laughs> because the timing was so good. And I do think that even I, hearing this for the first time, had enough of it. I guess if they are friends, she might have heard a couple of times it's just like uh, it's like a series, like a Love Island. There's a daily update. She just couldn't handle this anymore. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> and I also think that 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 lady maybe is not mean or quick enough because if she were that driver comedian, she would have replied, "Dry, dry like your pussy," you know, like she can <laughs> come back. So, so the lady, she wasn't even shocked. She just like. 
I, I don't know, maybe drink some coffee. And then she's <laughs> carried on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing it could quite easily be is the fact that if those other two women were equally as self-involved as that woman that felt that everybody yeah. needed to hear everything that was going through yeah. her head, that yeah. the, the yeah. fact that she felt, you know, her life and her uh, situation with her partner is worthy of everybody paying attention to. Maybe that, that other one was just that self-involved in her fucking muffin. That yes, she was this is playing. my alternative theory one. So alternative theory one is I was reading the book and that guy tried to detox uh, so that <laughs> read himself of any digital stuff. And once he did that, he noticed sometimes people meet up and all they talk when they are talking to each other is a mirage because they're just talking about themselves, but they're not hearing. So it's never a conversation is two monologues. So I wonder maybe their friendship isn't that level of friendship. It's yeah. just three very self-obsessed people only talk about themselves. That's theory yeah. number one. Number two, maybe that just like, out our friends but not like friends friends um, <laughs> yeah i do think if you're a friend's friend you need to say either i'm sorry i just can't take this anymore or to say that i honestly don't think he's right for you i, I think that's where the discussion should go for yeah. whatever reason she misdirected to a dry market <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, when somebody's so loud on a train, it's impossible not Can't to get pulled help. into their conversation, isn't it? And it's to, impossible. And I know I'll be sitting there thinking, I wish this woman would just shut the fuck up. I'm not interested <laughs> in her. And, it, and if I would have heard that woman just re- respond with this muffin so dry, like you, I would have pissed you my pants. You are so brave. I would have added out and neutralized the word into a person instead of, I wish that woman shut I was like, I wish that person shut up. <laughs> <laughs> my own ass. <laughs> But once another table of lady, they were talking shit about a friend who didn't join them. And just like, honestly, I don't think she really belonged in this group. I, I never really liked her to start with. But, and I just document the conversation in a series of Instagram stories. One of the- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Oh, dear. Well, look, before we get on to uh, your, your, your number two, um, Tell us a little bit, but I mean, we'll get to, um, d- uh, after you've done your number one, we'll talk about um, what you're going to be doing at, uh, at Edinburgh. But tell us a little bit about um, your, your journey into, into comedy and how it come about. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I came to the UK by accident. I, uh, I was dating a French guy. I was an exchange student in France. And I say to him, your country is fucking racist and rude. I cannot come back to this cesspit. Um, we have to start our new communal life elsewhere. So we decided... Um, I'd love it if he would have just replied with, this French stick's so fucking dry. <laughs> <laughs> so dry. No, I can't. It, they've improved a lot when I was starting there. They're absolutely horrible. Um, I could justify because I lived there. So we chose London. And then I make an effort coming back to London. And then he chickened out. So I was left in London on my own. <laughs> I've heard that, Kwame, in, in, in different formats many a time where people are like, I was supposed to be here with someone else, <laughs> but they're no longer here or they never came. London is the orphanage for heartbroken people. But also <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was looking for a destination to leave my home country and my mom, because my mom is a very domineering, very scary figure, and I can only love her from a distance. So when I was um, in secondary school, I, I started plotting how to, like, my great escape. And it, <laughs> it's a 10-year plan. I realized I have to um, achieve relatively good academic 
academic records so I can study overseas and I'm going to use my money, uh, family's money to study overseas whilst looking for a job at the same time to achieve financial independence and Genius. then financial independence will lead to my ultimate independence it was a series of step plan uh, which I succeeded I just didn't see that oh I'll be abandoned by my my ex and I ended up in a country which really wasn't my top choice um <laughs> but it's now. You just sound great. <laughs> Do I fly around? <laughs> no, I, no, dude, I, I completely agree. Like I'm, I'm kind of sick. I've been sick of the U, the UK, well, England for quite a while. But because of family ties and stuff like that, it's difficult to, it's difficult to go. And I, and I just think it's amazing that you know you, you you've made that move. Right? And no, also, I did, I did move away. And also I, gutted because you're in, you know, <laughs> the original question is how I got into comedy. And so I came to the UK. I started a corporate job. I'm a tax advisor and accountant by trade. And that's what I did. I was working in a corporate environment for quite a while. And I was, I was just say burnout. I just find it so exhausting and so boring. So I had a mini, <laughs> um, I would say third life, quarter life crisis. So I quit the job and I moved to Berlin and tried to start over. And it's in that process because I have for the first time a complete chunk of free time. Yeah. I went to Edinburgh French Festival that year and I joined 10 days at the festival. And my conclusion after day seven or eight is like, some of these comedians are quite shit. I think I can do better. <laughs> That's what got me into comedy. So I returned to Berlin and start to say, I know I've just arrived, but I need to leave now, guys, because I need to go back to an English-speaking country to do comedy. I can't do it here. Wow. And one of my American friends was so desperate for international friend to be in his circle in Berlin. He found the English comedy scene. So I met Helen Bauer in Berlin, actually. Right, because oh, wow. she speaks. Right. Yeah, she speaks fluent German, doesn't? Yeah, yeah. We happened to summon in Berlin comedy gemacht, and so she came back to London probably a month before I did. But I decided to come back partially because of the Brexit referendum, because I went to Berlin with a British passport, but I nationalized as in a British. And I thought, hey, hey, I got an EU passport, but then life threw a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> So I moved back, but that's how, because of that uh, career break. And I think I changed the environment completely. I allowed myself to think outside the box. Yeah. And I finally gave it a try. Like over the years, I always been a comedy fan since I came to the UK. I thought, oh, this art form is so freeing and it's so yeah. contemporary. I, I like it. We have something similar, but traditionally you have to be, you're expected to dress in a certain way. You have a certain cadence, the way you talk. But standard comedy English is just free. It, it, it's so interesting. But I never dared to try to cross that first step. It's such a big gap. But um, that career break gave me the boost, basically. Yeah. That's amazing. So like, so you're going back to, is this, I'm assuming this isn't the first time you've done Fringe? Uh, no, I've done it before in limited capacity. So like uh, doing mixed bill shows or running my own compilation shows. But this is my first solo hour and my first sort of um, my worst investment financially in my life. <laughs> <laughs> if the way the industry do things like this, I'm just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You hear that so often, like... Uh... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And, you know, it's the reality of it as, you know, you're laughing about it, but... You know, we've we've had so many comedians on this podcast over the years, and and it does, you know, appear that doing Edinburgh is a costly investment. It is very expensive. <clears throat> um, one uh, great comedian, Spring Day, she was on Life the Polo. She said her friends once approached her and asked, "My children are interested in comedy after they they finish um, study. What advice can you give them?" She then say, go get a good, like good, like well-paying job, like a graduate program, and do comedy on the side as a hobby, and try it for a few years. If you're really interested, at least you got a, a skill that can earn yeah. money otherwise, and you'll be able to support yourself without feeling you ha- your you, your life is at risk. And and that financial resource is gonna help you. Um, have, so you ha- basically have more room f- of maneuver. And it wasn't my intention, but I was trained as an accountant and didn't I didn't like it that much, but it was a very useful skill to have, which means that I could, it's not particularly right, but it means that sometimes I could go to a gig making a loss, but just to establish a relationship yeah. with the promoter. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Smart. Okay, number two. Number two. two. Um, anything that contains the phrase interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are almost like genetically unable to criticize <laughs> things that <laughs> interesting is like a dirty word when I yeah. hear from English people. Uh, oh. I cook something. I, I bring like a snack. It's a weird thing. I'll ask my friend, what do you think? And it's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> it's like, it's shite. <laughs> Why did you put this in there? <laughs> oh, mate. It's so true, Carmen. Um, I've got you a friend who's... not for me. And that's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah, but yeah. you guys just... <laughs> It's so, it is so rude. Uh, I've got a friend who, when they, when we have a, 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 a say, let's say a, a somewhat intellectual discussion and we get onto something that's a bit more serious. And he sometimes does it to me. But I, and so this is why I know it's a bit of one of those ones where it's a bit like interesting. But he's like, when he completely doesn't agree with you or he can't be bothered to continue the debate, he'll go, it's, oh, it's a tough one. 
It's a tough one. And, I, and, and, and it's a tough one means you're wrong and you're probably not smart enough to get your head around what I'm going to explain to you. So I'm just going to leave it as it's a tough one. And, uh, and I, I love it now because whenever I hear it, I'm like, yeah. Because he, he, he'll say it to other people now and I'm like, that means he utterly disagrees with you. Is it... A lot of comedian jokes about reading between the lines. And for example, when you greet people, you ask, how are you? It doesn't actually mean they want to know. It's just, <laughs> how are you back, right? Or they find great. Um, but do you think it's actually, in a way, everyone follows the reading between the line rule. It doesn't really matter if the language is so coded. Yeah. I, I think Thanks, if you spent a week and when every single person went, all right, you just go, oh, nah. <laughs> nah, it's fucking terrible. Because people don't subs- people have not set aside time for that. Like I, they're the, like, what? my aunt's my favourite my favourite response to that shoe, depending on what mood I'm in, is to start telling people how bloated and constipated I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite Oh, not really. I am quite bloated. I know what I've eaten, but uh I just don't really like to take it to my bowels. Uh, and if I don't know, and it's more enjoyable with, when I don't know them that well, I, I find that the best time because that goes into that, you know, do you need to say like, all right, is it, you know, do, it's just a greeting, right? You don't, we don't actually give a shit most of the time. We're so used to saying it. Um, you can that, say hi, right? Exactly. Hello. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, ask a question doing? if you know. So yeah. sometimes I feel I'm a bit rude myself. People ask me, "All right, how are you?" I say that actually not well, but since you don't seem you actually want to know, so we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Just I did that as a little game to see how the English people yeah. react. But sometimes I'll meet someone completely new at a party, and I would just approach him and just say that. Would you consider yourself to be upper middle class? <laughs> <laughs> what is your opener? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I quite like putting people on on the back foot when people do them kind of uh, as as you kind of sort of wrapping up a conversation or something where people are just uh, and that there's no no actual there's no sincerity to it. It's just like, do you know what we should we should catch up and go out for a drink? And there's nothing better than going why? Oh, and like I've done that to you so many times, Chris, and it's like it delivers every time. Because a lot of the time when you have, not obviously with you, Chris, but when, when you are yeah. having them conversations with people where it's just, you know, a 15-minute chat and it finishes, you know, with that kind of like, oh, you know, we should definitely catch up. And you just think, well, it's never going to happen. I know it's never going to happen. You know it's never going to happen. Why bother saying it? And uh, and if you can just throw in a little, why? Why? <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. You, would you agree with me? If it's from a northerner, they are more likely to mean it. 100%. And that's why at the start, I, I made it specific. I think it's very specific, South, southerner, like southern English, Englishman. Yeah, that's why I meant. I, I do feel different. But even back home, where I'm from, I'm from north of Taiwan. Uh, northerner considered cold. So our northerner is your southerner. And Southern right. Taiwanese will complain about Northern being fake. They get <laughs> so we sometimes say, "Oh, we should definitely meet again for drinks." And and I've tried to correct myself when I don't actually want to make an effort of 
say, uh, finding a time slot to meet that person. I make sure I don't say that. And mm. sometimes I try to be honest. It really shocks people. I say to other comedians, so obviously we're not friends and they take great offense <laughs> at that. And I say, well, but we are colleagues. We are friendly yeah. colleagues. We get on really well, but we, I'm never going to talk to you about my personal problem. I'm not, you know, about my birthday, right? So why are we going to pretend we're friends? It's absolutely fine to be friendly acquaintances. It's yeah. not problem but i think in the english culture to say to someone but we're not friends you're like <laughs> so you just say yeah 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 definitely but you always you always know when no one when people don't mean it because they're like yeah definitely definitely but no one says a date no one throws a date out my uh my my missus uh we met with uh summer shoes good friends at a comedian's wedding uh last year and Molly said to uh, Antonia and Justin, uh, you should come to Margate. Be lovely if you want to come to Margate. That's where we live is Margate. You should come down to Margate. And Antonia went, well, yeah, but none of this fucking half-assed bullshit. Give us a date or you don't mean it. And Molly and Molly just laughed so much because that's Antonia. She's very direct. And it's so true, though, isn't it? Because if you don't give a date, if you're like, oh, yeah, we'll get together. It's like, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely do something soon. It's like, mm, Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds so... It's just such a fucking half-assed thing of going, I like you about two out of ten. I like you enough to suggest that maybe in the future we should hang out, but not enough to actually put it in the calendar because I'm actually seeing real friends that weekend or in the next six months. And work people as well. Like, uh, like when I've worked in, um, so I've worked in the city a fair bit in my life. I worked for a company called the Financial Ombudsman, uh, and that was based Ooh. in Canary Wharf. And um, and the the people that you meet at work who then want, there's some people, and I I'm, I'm not judging anyone for this because I think we all come from different backgrounds, we have different upbringings, and some people their work becomes an opportunity to have a social as well. Whereas um, I was super lucky as a kid. Like I had, I got friends that I literally. My oldest friends are the kids I would take it. My mum was bathing with their parents. You know, we go back that long. Um, so I don't really want to meet anyone after work. I don't want, oh, we should go out for drinks. I'm like, nah. <laughs> and I, I'm so I'm I'm so comfortable when I'm doing those sort of things now, I can't remember, where I can be like, nah, it's all right. I'm just going to stay at home. You got a really good opportunity, like a job offer um, to move America. And you know that all the friends you count down, you'll be so far away from them. Would you say no? Because you can't be asked to build up a group of new friends. Yeah, exactly. You're just lucky, See Chris. You're, you're just lucky, See Chris, you later. That, that you're so popular. You know, you've got all of your mates, you've got all your girl mates, and like and you, yeah, and everybody wants to this hang out with you. What a problem Stu's, to have. Stu's fucking digging me out because... Oh, you say because, to your friends, you guys should all move with me and trying to persuade them how great America is. It's yeah. a bit like after UK left the EU, <laughs> Ireland. you should leave the EU because we're so important. <laughs> uh, we're so popular. Come over. Come over. Oh, fantastic. Um, are we at num- the top spot? We're at number one. We're at number the one. numero uno. Right. Number one, I can't choose. I have a, a double um, candidate. Yeah, uh, sure. Two noises. Uh, number one is <laughs> parting, as you say. Just that. Number two is ah. So I can't decide. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> went, do that tut again. That was the shittest tut I've ever seen. 
Why? Was that a tut? <laughs> was that a... Yeah. Do it again. It's the best one. <laughs> Do it again. I'm not here, Do it again. Do it again. I want to hear it. <laughs> it's better with the eye roll. It's better with the eye roll. It's better. It's better no, with you it. have to with my eye roll. My eye roll is very powerful. Yeah, it is. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You pulled it back with the eye roll. I was very disappointed in that initial tart. <laughs> So you guys ousted my number one turn on. I was like, no, stop that. Don't talk about it. But... Let's get into it. Let's get into tutting. Why is it's it your number just, one? It's, it's verbal constipation, isn't it? <laughs> got something to say. Just say it. <laughs> say it. Say it. Oh, that's so spot on. Yeah, it's verbal yeah. constipation, isn't it? I've never mm. thought of it like that. That's fucking great. <laughs> Yeah, your inability it, to say what you think, you yeah. condense it to a noise yeah. that seemingly yeah. so neutral, it yeah. can be interpreted in any way. But the fact is, socially, people know exactly what yeah. you're yeah. Do you know what? I had, a, I had an incident last Guys, week. I'm so sorry. I've got someone smashing on my uh, on, on my back door, on my front door downstairs. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Can I just can we just pause it for one second? I'm really, yeah. really sorry. I'll edit this together. Sure. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Oh, fantastic. <clears throat> How do you write it down that noise though? How do you spell it? Is it T-S-K or? What's that, sorry? Like, if you were to write down that noise when you're, say, writing a novel, tut. instead of using the verb tart, how would you describe, spell that noise? T-U-T. T-U-T. Tut. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you just wrote down Tut. <laughs> No, but I think it's better to sound like T S U K. It's not exactly. It's definitely got a sort of S C kind of to it, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Right? That's what I'm thinking. I think that T U T is not quite accurate. Yeah. So. I don't know if Tut is like T U T is an abbreviation of something or or I don't know. Well, it may be my bias because for different sound we have a different so in my language, we mm-hmm. would describe it otherwise. Um, so for example, dogs, they bark and you, you say roof here, roof, roof, but we say wah, wah. So it's kind of different. Your one's better. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> Depends if it's a big dog or a little dog. <laughs> I am so sorry. Well, Oh, we can drop Are you back in, in life danger handling with the door banging first. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, do you know what it was? It was our shopping. Oh. It was our shopping, which I ordered for late for this afternoon. It came, and then I did the passive-aggressive thing of going, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, and I, what, I know it's me doing it. Like you were saying earlier, like I've internalised it. I was, please, so please, I'm so please. sorry. I'm so I, sorry I took a couple of seconds. You're fucking early, you prick. That's, <laughs> and it's not his fault at all, you know. It's like, But why am I apologising as well? shouldn't have said anything. so Just self-conscious talk. because I chose this topic. It wasn't my intention <laughs> to make you self-regular for the rest of your life. You are culturally, genetically built like this. It's fine. Do it. <laughs> so I was at an airport. Uh, in Aberdeen uh, last week and was queuing up to put our cases in and there was uh, a group of, of, of four women looked like they were coming down to London on, on a hen do they must have I think they were all, I would say they were probably about sort of mid-30s and this 
uh, th- this family, uh, th- there was two women and, and, and two sort of, uh, I'd say babies. One was in a, a buggy. And it's just like the queue, I would say, was probably had like 80 people in it. And, and these people just had their cases and just walked straight to the front of the queue just as it <laughs> opened, right? Which I just thought was fucking fantastic. I just thought that's, that's quite some front now. Like, but the four women in front of me, like just could not they didn't know where to look they just obviously looked at each other tutted then looked to get that that kind of external tut from other people in the crowd you know and and so they sort of turned to me and they were like can you believe that and i I just went if all you're gonna do is tut (laughs) do you mind if i go in front of you because i just thought i'll deal with a tut I don't give a shit. Like, if someone's <laughs> going to grab me and throw me at the back of the queue, I won't bother. But if all you're going to do is tut and look around the queue, fuck it, I'll push in as well. <laughs> uh, do you not think it's the tutting that got the whole country into this dire state, right? <laughs> 100%. We should be the one rioting. <laughs> not just France. Like, we should join them, right? But yeah. I think my host country, I'm sorry, I have to say you English people, are so good at putting up with things and it's, you put so little into actual action. You don't even make a loud, explicit complaint. Like in that scenario, I typically shout, excuse me, I still do in passive grad. In case you haven't noticed, the startup crew <laughs> is here, but I said it with such force. But you guys are so able to put up with things and you just sort of <laughs> so that sound really winds me i was like i can't, I can't do it isn't it weird that that so is the good. case in pretty much everything until you get in a car and when you're inside that little cabin <laughs> a tut ain't gonna do it is it you'll undo the window and you'll call someone a fucking cunt straight out the window but like you wouldn't undo the window and go and tut, would you? <laughs> like, you have to really vocalise it when you're in a car. It's strange. I think, I think it's the same as uh, Twitter or social media. Because you're in that security. Like, when you're in the car, you're in that little bubble of your own world and safety. And and it's the same as, like, keyboard warriors, isn't it? People are more inclined to sort of, like, say a load of vitriol from the safety of their laptop than if they were, if they were in that queue... <laughs> Uh, when someone pushes past them, when they'll absolutely not say anything, you know, and and I understand that. I do understand the the psychology of it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying <laughs> it's great it comedy is. material. I yeah. can definitely attest to that. <laughs> um, so when I talk about that book, I read it. It say that, for example, when when we think of English people being modest, they are not actually modest. They aspire to be modest. But there's a difference in that. And I think English are polite, maybe, but it's more like they want to make sure they are perceived as polite. As polite. Mm. Yes. There's a difference between that yeah. and being genuinely Completely polite. agree with that. I mean, you, you, it's like not authentic, is it? You can tell straight away. It, you can tell straight away when it's sort of like, you know, they're just more worried about being perceived to... The, yeah, to say and sorry. That's partially or... why I live in South London. I just find it easier to deal with South London. Is I don't, <laughs> I don't think I can deal with North London people from the high gay as like, like on my really. Oh, you said you said your part, your number one was in two parts. So you said there was tutting like, and tutting, and what was the other one? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have that noise in Mandarin. Aww. Like we don't do that. And I think this is not English thing. Americans do it too, right? I just, I just don't get. What do you want to achieve with this noise? Like, what, what, what do you want? 
What do you want? It's so because we because we're brought up on it. It's so funny because we don't we can't even we have no objectivity like where but you've come here and you see it and you're like what the fuck is why are you making that noise? Yo, I could accept if you watch like a cat video or like a baby walks for the first time. So genuine adoration of something yeah. cute that awe I'm fine. Yeah. But quite often, art is a throwaway reaction yeah. <laughs> to something like, can we just stop this and move on? <laughs> I find Come it in. absolutely. Mm. Oh. Every time, every yeah. time someone at work shows me a picture of their kid, and then that will happen. Because you know what? You showing me that was the biggest waste of my life. <laughs> because because I, like, I've seen so many, I don't. Like I barely know you, and now you're showing me a picture of your 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 child who's just done their first sports day. I don't care, and yet, but I, I, like also like I don't want to be rude. And then before I know it, I'm going oh, and and you're so right. It's like that is less. That's such a big fuck you, because I don't want to see it. Instead of just like, you know what? From this day onwards, when that happens, I'm just gonna slap the phone out of their hand because <laughs> I feel like that's a more authentic reaction. I, I, then just, I think for all its its bad things, social media, Facebook is a really good place for people to do that. Uh, they can put that picture of their kid on, you know, yeah. going to prom, having their first day at school, or or whatever it is, and they'll get other kind of people just parents. going, uh, other parents going, oh, amazing. <laughs> and other people that couldn't give a fuck don't have to give a fuck. No, exactly. I think that's one of the good things about Facebook. <laughs> just take that all the way. I've heard of one uh, promoters that said um, they are reluctant to book comedian who just literally just become uh, newborn's parents because <laughs> when you get them to the kid, they couldn't shut out about it. <laughs> But if it's a ticket, like good ticket paying, like weekend night, people found babysitter. They don't want to be reminded of their dreadful, horrible children. They just want to have fun. And yeah, they're talking on and on and on. Oh, fantastic. Each drab. Well, you, you, you've, you've mentioned uh, uh, some of the comedians there. Um, tell us a little bit about what people can expect from you and your show in the, in the fringe in the coming months. Right. So I think people probably have concluded I'm a little bit bitch. I'm actually, I'm a fucking bitch. So <laughs> there'll be a lot of bit, bitchy punches. So, um, but mostly is about uh, me as Taiwanese about a very difficult relationship I have with my mom and I find it, I want to talk about my country, but I don't want it to become a condescending because this is not commissioned by BBC. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's something for everyone. Um, there are jokes about me being a clueless immigrant. There's jokes about my observation of the English people. The jokes about people moving between countries, but ultimately it's about me finding that I could only love my homeland and my my mom in particular, a very strict tiger mom from, from a distance that's how yeah. i can love them um so it's a bit of everything i would not deny it's also a propaganda so if people want to know a bit more about taiwan they're very welcome to come to the show and i don't talk overly about the virus so don't they won't be triggered <laughs> <laughs> and if what's, what's the show name it's called Ilia Formosa. It's the old name for Taiwan. In Portuguese, it means the beautiful island. I'm getting big trouble from a production company and my agent to say that I 
people english people don't like foreign words that you you need you need a good pun that you did you did you sell it to them did you say it's called ilia formosa and they went interesting interesting (laughs) (laughs) i think they went one step higher Mm. saying um we will still take that into consideration (laughs) (laughs) it's a possible candidate but (laughs) they definitely tutted when you left the room 100 (laughs) percent and this is my show (laughs) (laughs) and where's that show gonna be it's going to be at uh, 5.40 every day at the Gilded Balloon uh, Tevia House. You know, like the one that looked like Hogwarts. And my room is quite up there called The Lounge. So I will be Rapunzel except the long hair. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> come and find me in <laughs> Fantastic. That's and if amazing. people want to keep up to speed with that show and everything else that you're up to, where's the best place to follow you? Uh, I would say Instagram because I'm on brand. I don't trust Chinese people. I have no TikTok, so I only have Instagram. <laughs> but I don't know if I should migrate on Twitter though. It's uh, it's going down. Uh, it's at Common Comedy. Otherwise, I do have a website with a bit more um, sort of show real comedy CV at kwanwenhuang.com. And I like to say it's K for Kardashian, U for Unicorn. A for Ariana Grande and for Nicki Minaj, W for Whitney Houston, <laughs> E for Gloria Estefan. So people will be rem- reminded that I'm gay. <laughs> I shared an Instagram story about the pride and I lost five followers in one go. But then I thought maybe you should be lost. Like if you have a problem with me sharing a pride picture or maybe it's just some Russian boss that got poked out. I don't know. But it was really, really hurtful. I find yeah. it. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah. Some you people did, may have like me fun because I don't. I joke about all the different kind of things. Joke about being Asian. Joke about being accountant. They may have followed me after I did a set about something else, and they're like, "Oh, we can't like you, but we will prefer you if you want gay." That's basically the message they're giving. I'm saying that you know what? Fuck that. I don't have this. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's still, it still hurts my little ego. However, bitch I am as a person. <laughs> Well, if you're happy for us to tag you in this when this episode comes out, I can promise you that our listeners are going to come and follow you because it's been an absolute joy. Please. <laughs> and I'm really sincere. I, and there's no sarcasm. There's no... <laughs> yeah, I categorically say, yes, I want you. Please follow me. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Kwame, thank you so much for yeah, coming thank on. You so thank much. you for having me. Absolute pleasure. We're going to press stop, but don't go anywhere. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast.